You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Okay, Sid Talk, we were talking about uh, Star Wars, and I was talking about, you know, with the, the new- before. The after the show discussion. With the news from last week of new Star Wars movies being made, and I was looking this week at all the books that exist about the Star Wars universe, and uh, there's so many of them, and there's lots of recommended ones where, oh yeah, this is an awesome story. But I can't bring myself to read any of it, because... Never one. And it's a weird thing, right? Because some of it's supposed to be really good. But because it's like expanded universe, and it's like written by fans, or you know, people who just wanted to make some money out of Star Wars by writing a story about it, which is probably some of them. Who couldn't make up their own universe to begin with. I just can't get behind it. It's like, you know, like I say, there's like fan fiction that people have wrote about Harry Potter. Like, what happens to Harry Potter after Harry Potter? Nothing to do with Harry Potter. uh, Nothing to do with J.K. Rowling. I wouldn't read that either. It's, It's not valid to me. It's just like... I can make up my own story for what happens to Luke Skywalker in my head, and that's as good as that one that somebody wrote, I think. You know? Because you're all going to have a, oh, I would like this to happen. you're committed to it being a real universe with the characters are who they are, they exist in that movie world, and when someone comes along, it's like they're writing fiction about your truth. Right. You know? It'd be like writing um, Bill Clinton's life story, but throwing in there... That he's had six wives and blah, blah, blah. These are things that you would think. Or, say, you write his biography, but you, you make it as if he never was president. The what if yeah. thing. And, and it's, it's all like, what if. Yeah, you're adding fiction to a truth. Even though Star Wars isn't a truth, it is, in your mind, it's its own world. And now if somebody comes along to just sort of make some shit up, which it's all made up anyway, yes. it still invades that. That's like the that. weird thing, isn't it? Because I always think, well, it was all made up anyway by somebody, always. Movies, stories, they're all, unless it's a true thing, it's all made up anyway. So why am I bothered about somebody else making some stuff up? I just don't feel like they have a right to make <laughs> up stuff that somebody else created. Like, Yes, they can. They can make it up. They can do it. As, and people enjoy this this kind of stuff. But to me, if it's not... Like, if George Lucas writes a novel next week, or, you know, and puts it out, and it's a continuation of Star Wars, and it's George Lucas wrote it, then I will read that. Because that is part of Star Wars, because he wrote it. But if... I'm sure there's a very academic argument to be made both ways. Yeah. The creator of a piece of literature, or writing, doesn't like... um, have like full rights to the entire universe that once you've read it as a as a outsider you can then take it but i don't know i just feel like if you want to write a story make up your own world that's yeah, it totally. start he I started would. from scratch yeah. jk rowling started from scratch um you know stan lee and his gang started from scratch with all their superheroes you don't need to just keep clapping on that's like we were saying with wizard of oz i I'm not interested in any other telling of the story. I just am not, because it isn't genuine to me. Again, that's a real world. <laughs> and if you want to make some shit up to go with it, that's fiction all of a sudden. So, But but there again, I am interested in seeing Sam Raimi's prequel to The Wizard of Oz 
just because it looks like it from what I've seen it looks and I like Sam Raimi it looks really interesting but why not just make up an interesting story then well he has in the past right what the evil dead made it up himself what else um that maniac cop (laughs) the whole trilogy of that I've never heard of that Bruce Campbell maniac cop I've never heard of it it's like a horror kind of cop dude Right, so these aren't classics we're talking about here. No, but I'm <laughs> saying people might, you know, this is, I I think this, this prequel will be kind of fun, you know, because we haven't visited Wizard of Oz for a long time, I guess. But see, that's the thing. And it is the prequel. I don't need to visit it, it's something else. If I want to visit it, I'll watch it. Correct, so, but, you know, there's still, like, if... There's no story there. It's an official movie that I I'm care about. I would watch it. It's official by Warner Brothers, but no one, Disney. no one is left alive who put the Wizard of Oz together to begin with. Not the guy who wrote the book, not the guy people who made the movie. So it's all right. But just, the holders of the franchise, it's not a knockoff. Somebody, it's it's you know part of Wizard of Oz. That's what they're saying with it. Like it's not a uh, like these Star Wars books. Just mm-hmm. a you know they have this. Even differentiates his uh, the books that don't count to the ones that do, kind of thing with this symbol on the book. I guess I see these people, regardless of them holding the rights to it, as out fan fiction. Sam Raimi's fan fiction. He's gonna make, you know what I mean? Just make up a whole new thing. That's all I'm asking. All right, so it is Saturday, November the 10th, 2012. This is after the show number 249. The movie we're looking at this week is Brave. It's a. Uh, it's Friday. November ninth. Yeah. People don't know that. Oh, right. Using the magic You're confusing of the, me. <laughs> the magic of the internet to uh, we are recording me. a little bit early, as okay. Sito would like to alert you to. <laughs> well, you confused me. I was like, uh-huh. no, 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 no. It's not okay again. So all right. So by when you when yeah, it's Friday, November <laughs> the November the ninth. So um, this is uh, the movie we're looking at this week is uh, Brave. It's a 2012 movie released on Blu-ray on the sixth of November, which. Um, it's just this week, so you can get it now. Uh, and it's from our friends at Disney and Pixar. It's rated PG. And uh, we're, look- we're looking at the uh, Blu-ray Ultimate Collector's Edition. It's a five-disc set. Um, so, yeah, it's the ultra, like, the biggest one that you can get with all the discs in it. Um, and I'll tell you what's on all those discs later. But first, Sid Talk is going to give you the synopsis of the movie Brave. It is a mother-daughter tale. You know, young daughter, rebellious, don't tell me what to do. Mother who understands the responsibility of her princess daughter. And there's some magic involved. And the daughter wants her way but doesn't think it through very clearly. And in the end, it comes down to fixing the bond. Fixing the tear between them, we'll say. <laughs> Correct. So, um, and it's Scottish, it's Celtic. What Celtic? Yeah. 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 I so, think based on some of their legends and stories, and you know, we all are very self-centric. So we think in America, we have all of our own little legends and tales and stories, or we all base things on Greek and Roman mythology, or Japanese have their own history of legends and stuff. I think of American legends as either Native American stories that have been passed down or our Wild West stories that 
that's where we get our sort of legendary tales, right? And you don't see other countries get brought into the Hollywood fold very often, and I really I like that aspect of it. So, uh, yeah, this is Pixar's latest movie, and the last one was what we reviewed last year was Cars 2. So this one's not like Cars 2. It's not a sequel, and talking of uh, making things up from scratch, mm-hmm. it's a, you know, a new, brand new tale, which I like the best from Pixar, to be honest. I don't... I'm kind of through with sequels of Pixar, you know... I heard they're making another Toy Story. I feel that 1, 2, and 3 are like the perfect... Wrapped um, it up. Ra- it, it gets wrapped up. I don't need to... S- and I know people do need to see the toys again, but I don't. I feel like that's enough. So, you know, I, I feel go and make new things like this. Um, so Brave, yeah, the tale of... What's she called? Merida. Mm. I think so. She's a... You know, yeah, like a young, red-haired... It's, it's funny because my friend, who has a little red-haired... Teen, uh, not teenage, nine uh, years old. Nine years old daughter said the other day, "I um, show I showed her this. I got didn't show her the film, but I got the the Blu-ray and said, do you want to watch this?'" And she said, "Nah, not interested." And he said, "Why is she not interested in this? It's a spunky, red-headed child of her age being a princess and a hero." He couldn't. He didn't understand it. So I think he has to explain it to her more. Mm-hmm. That it's probably going to appeal to her. This movie. Um, now, I actually really love. She's loved also super this. sensitive. She will be scared out of her pants about half the time. Yeah, maybe. I I love this movie, and I tell you what, I loved about it. The um, first off, the animation. Pixar have come leaps and bounds with animation, and, and what I felt about this animation, and it's really weird in in part in parts. I thought I felt like I was watching a stop motion, like they were actually real things being animated. Right. Like it had, it, on occasion, it had this. Everything looked like a plastic model. It kind of, it's really interesting. Like it's, at what points? A lot of the action scenes, like where there's a lot of characters on the screen, it, it looks like it, like Nightmare Before Christmas or whatever. Just the in I, a good way or a bad way. No, in a really good way. Like it, it's like. A level of detail, like, you know, because stop-motion animation, the reason they do stop-motion animation is they can build these models with these super high detail and then bring them to life, right? This is like doing that without the models. It's it's not like Toy Story. And it's so lush and detailed, this world. It's like a, um, you know, the Highlands highlands of... It's not Scotland, is it? But Or is it? Yes, Scottish. It's actually... I mean, yeah, yeah, in this fantasy world of Scotland, but yeah, it's so lush, and it the animation is like you can't fault the animation anymore at, at this point. It's just, and I think every time there's a new Pixar movie, the level of detail just like striking because you know computers are advancing. I think that it's not so much the quality of the animation as the in my me watching it, other than a few little tiny standout things it doesn't offer much new of anything like the characters are shaped very similar to all the other to lots of other animated people and the world isn't like shockingly creative or different than what we've seen it's kind of like when you look at all the characters, they look like what we've seen a lot before. In fact, a lot of these characters, to me, look like Tangled characters, which isn't Pixar. And the style of them, the development of this, the world of humans that we've made, that they've made, isn't very 
like special at all. The dad is very reminiscent of lots of other big ogre kind of yeah, but more men. realistic than others. Right? Well, you're talking about this this quality of I the mean, animation. more human like to me. Like even though he's kind of a weird caricature shape, there's something about them in this to me that they feel more realistic. Yeah, but they're not in. They're not that interesting to me. She's interesting because of her hair. The dad's interesting because he's kind of humongous. But in terms of, like, the facial features and all that kind of stuff, it gets lost. There's not enough... I mean, it was one of the things that kind of drew me a little bit of a flat line throughout because I wanted something a little more... Like, this is Brave and this is the world of Brave and here are the humans of Brave and there's something special and unique about them. When you think of movies like uh, Mr. Incredible... Is that what it's called? <laughs> the Incredibles. The Incredibles. Like, there's a very specific way all those humans are drawn. Very unique. You don't, you haven't seen their style of their bodies and the shapes of their hands and the, everything. It's unique to that. This, it's like there's lots of reused things. And that sort of was a distraction almost to me. Instead of me going, oh my god. See, and I feel like this people. is one of the best ones they've done. But you're talking about the quality of the animation. No, not the quality. I'm talking about the story, the whole thing. I know, but I'm just talking right now about that's one of the elements that I felt were kind of like the creativeness. The the technology was bigger than the creativity on certain things, and that was one of them. Even though I loved her and her hair and her... What I love most about it, though, like talking about what I like, is um, the story. Obviously, it's like... um, all the Pixar stories have some kind of emotional um, thing. And this one deals with what other ones haven't. And that's the um, mother-daughter relationship instead of, you know, adult-child relationship or an up, old guy, young dude relationship. So this deals with the female relationship. And I thought they did it really well because there, the scenes between the mother and the daughter early on in the movie where... You know, they're perfect. Where where the kid's rebelling against the mm-hmm. mother a little bit by pulling her hair out. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a scene where her mother makes her look nice and tucks all her hair away and she wants to show her personality and pulls a bit of hair out. Or just the way they look at each other and she she's telling her, don't do that, like, without saying anything. You know, all I thought all that really was, like, as good as it has been in other Pixar movies, like uh, Up. You know, Up was another one where you got the relationship between the old guy and the kid. And it was sad to really sad to start with that one, <laughs> but yeah. but this one I think they've got the mother daughter relationship really well, in, and, a, in a very caricature way. Yeah, let, let in me, the way it's you pretty expect. Basic. Well, it's pretty basic though. That's another thing that it wasn't very deep. Yeah, but I felt the old man and the a kid connection to them is a deep and complex story. A teenage girl and her mother not getting along isn't that interesting when you think of we're going to create this this whole kingdom and these two characters to build this whole story around. See, and I thought it was interesting in this situation, though. Because of... I don't want to spoil the movie, Mm-mm. but there's kind of a... Yeah. A, a, <laughs> some stuff goes left field a little bit. And then when that does happen, I like the relationship more. Because there's a certain thing that can't happen anymore. Yeah, yeah. And I still get the whole bond between them. Oh, yeah. And that's what I liked about it. I think the bond is... The bond between mother and daughter is what this movie's about, right? Um, And I felt it the entire time because 
you know, the way that they portrayed it. And I think that's what they're the masters of, not just the animation, of, you know, a, a human story injected into computer models, basically, right? You know? Yeah. And I... I, I just felt I like felt there was nothing it. other than the circumstance that, you know, the the thing that you we don't want to talk about, which is unique. Yeah, I didn't expect of, that. Exactly. Yeah. Other than that, the whole of their relationship and the goal and the resolution, it's all, there's nothing complex about it at all. No, but I like the, it's a tale as old as time <laughs> about, you know. You're the, que- you're the daughter of the queen of the kingdom and some men are going to come and they're going to choose, you know, that arranged marriage situation that's going on at the beginning there. Um, that's a tale of the laws all this time for sure, yeah, right? and you don't want it and your mother insists for bigger reasons than you and yep. then you have to come around to the idea that there are reasons for these things and that you see your mother in a new light. That is the heart of the whole story. It is, and I think it worked very effectively. And but I think there was it, nothing put into that. I actually that think that it was... works. It'd work for a four-year-old. It'd work for a ninety-year-old, and that's what. Right, but it doesn't work for a forty-five-year-old who's looking for a little more, right. a little bit more. I loved it. I'm just saying, when I think back, there's always a little bit of a complication added to different all through all stories that we see from Pixar. And this one's a very... It's, There's again, a huge it's, complication in it's, this one. It's style over substance a lot of time for me in this one. There's a heart of the movie. Okay, we've got the established mother-daughter, da-da-da-da, save the kingdom. Okay, now, what are all the tricks and the the bells and the whistles we can add on top of that? That's how I saw it a lot of the time. Even though I really enjoyed it, I just felt like there wasn't a, like a, a lot of depth. So I think we split on this one because... I'm in the mind of, like, it's high up on the Pixar. I'm not saying it isn't good. I'm saying... No, I mean story-wise. My, one of my favorite stories. I've been progressively liking the stories more and more. Subtract Cars 2 from last year, because, <laughs> yes, it's got a story, but it's not a sentimentally thing. Like, Cars 1's really sentimental, right? Absolutely. It's about, you know, family. It's about everything, isn't it, Cars 1? And about the road and... The, you know, the environment, the whole thing, like... There's a lot of complexity to that story when cl- you start clever. really thinking about Yeah, really about clever. It. But Cars 2 wasn't. It was more yeah. of a, let's have fun with the Cars characters, right? Um, so, subtract Cars 2, even though I enjoyed it. But the ones, the Pixar ones I really like are the ones that deal with, like, a relationship thing. Like, Bugs Life. Still my favourite one to this day. Um, you know, people say Finding Nemo is their favourite. It's not for me. I don't know why. It's always been Bugs Life. Always. Bugs Life for me. Like, I like the bugs better than the fish, even though it's similar. Like, you know, it's a similar type of... Um, but, you know, these later ones that have been coming up, and I'm actually referring to Up, which I feel is, like, really... It's incredible, like, because it, it's an actual really upsetting story. Mm-hmm. Um, Toy Story 3, again... It's a really upsetting story. It's um, it's very sad. And you think of it as sad. I think of it as uplifting. It is, well, it's both. But there are there's, there's a very sad moment in Toy Story three where I was where, it, you know, that beginning sequence, and the end sequence. Yeah. They're really, a, a way more deep than a than an animated movie should be. Right. 
Like what we expect. And that's what's missing. No, well, I, I felt that in this one. I felt like a real... I don't know. The the emotional bond between the mother and daughter felt to me like an up. Like, like I felt an up. I know it doesn't have the very emotional scene at the beginning, this movie. But... And there's nothing else to it. Except when a particular disagree. thing happened in this, the sure. thing we don't want to speak about. I didn't expect that. It was like a almost like an... Uh, M. Night Shyamalan moment for me. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, what? This is really yeah, left Yeah, what's field. the tool they're going to use to do this thing? And then that's it. Oh, that's it? Yeah, and then this happens, and then the rest of the movie functions differently because of that, right? And Ah, but I don't think it does. Right, and I do. I didn't see that at all. There was nothing else injected other than superficially. Like you said, we're going to take away this, and we're going to give it this, and... But that's not about them. It's just a. It's a. Yeah, but I still felt them. And maybe it's because I'm a mother. I'm a daughter with a mother, and it, there was nothing else added to it right. other than the this little like where you butt heads on things. And, and this movie's fairly brief. It's only ninety minutes long. Yeah. It's not a long movie. And you fe- I felt it. But I felt like I bonded enough between them in the short build-up we have of them to really care about them in the middle part. You know, did it bring a tear to your eye or anything like that? This one, um, had a couple of tears near the end. So it did but it work. Was off, it wasn't the thing itself. It was more like the delivery and thinking of that it was really genuine, kind of a you know. But it wasn't gut wrenching. I wasn't threatened or worried that it wasn't going to turn out. I wasn't anything. I just and I didn't feel like an overwhelming sense of like bond to them I didn't even though I loved it it's charming and sweet I like the songs not, in it too there's, there's, there's not much depth like two oh songs. I'm talking about depth of an animated movie yeah. but still no but there, that's the that's the thing Pixar have changed the game on animated right, movies right but I think they've lost a bit of that on this, this one, one for you yeah because I feel like it's more about so perhaps they've just for you delivered like a lot of quality stuff and then this one's... Oh, it's super high quality. No, I, I don't mean that. I mean, in terms of, uh, like, the story. Like, the screenplay. Like, up, obviously. I feel like the, shallow, the story's a bit more shallow than I would like it to be. Other than that, it looks amazing. It's fun. It's, like... It's got good songs. Mesmerizing and chanting. And you know, they haven't done a princess... You know, it is a Disney princess movie, right? She's mm-hmm. a Disney princess. They haven't done one, right? Um, Pixar. This is a good... Untangled is obviously one too, but this is a good... That's not Pixar, though. No, I'm talking about Disney princess movies of recent, like mm-hmm. um, The Frog and the... Prince and the Frog. Yeah, Prince and, and, the, and then this one. Pixar have done a very good... Because I can see, you know, kids get... Even though my friend's kid didn't get behind her at all, but that's just from looking at a picture of her. I think kids will fall in love with that character. It is... A relatable character. Mm-hmm. You know, specific. She's, I like how spunky she is. It's pretty like, specific. Yeah, so. but I like how, you know, kids don't want to be told what to do. They want to express themselves, right? And she wants to, you know, break out. I don't out know how relatable it is for a princess being told by a queen. Right, but that's, that's the princess thing. But, right, but I just relate that to a kid, like, you know, being told by the parents what to do. Like, that's, if you break it down like that, you know kids are always being told what to do and really don't want to always do that want to do their own thing 
that's where I see the relatable business. You know, so I think they did a really good job. And I love that character. I mean, I, I'm talking about how she looks. Yeah. Her hair, it's like it's a miracle, like her hair. Like, <laughs> remember when they used to do her... That's what I'm talking about. That's big, the hair and getting fixated on the hair and how cute it is and how bubbly she is. When she's a baby Overrides the, the substance of her character. Not for me at all. But there's nothing... They didn't add any, like, real... Yeah, she's spunky, but it's not so big that it's like, you know... You know the moment where she fires the arrow? Yeah. It's a fantastic moment. I think, um, you know, when you're doing, like, a compilation of, like, the best moments in anime, I could put that moment in that compilation. You mean because of the way it looks? Not just because of the way it looks, the way it makes you feel, too. Like, you feel... It's like a badass moment. She's she <laughs> is showing everybody. Look, I'm going to do it my way. The, yeah, this thing, what you're all doing. Why have I no say in this? Yeah, here's my say, and then she just does it. I, I really felt that. I thought it was really that moment there. That should be the trailer for the film. Just that moment. <laughs> Don't explain who anybody is. Just have that happen. Oh, I think I did see the splitting arrow in the trailer. Right, just that. Was it? Minute, yeah. minute or two of footage. Yeah, that sell me on the whole film. You know, it's but so yeah. For me, I I don't know. I'm kind of in love with Pixar movies, and I say not all. Of me them. too. Not all of them. There's been a few duds for me. But I think you can get blinded by what things look like, and not necessarily yeah. by the superficial things of heartstring tugging, which I I kind of I love too. But I just felt like, oh my god, it looks amazing. It's got an amazing backdrop. It's a place and things we've never seen and heard before. Let's have something, like, super special here. And then I just felt it got a little bit chopped off at the knees. A lot of effort was put into the other stuff and not into maybe just making that bit more. The characters just a bit more. The dad's not interesting. The guys who come around aren't interesting to me. They're all hugely stereotypical with without even any character. Like, that was what's bugging me. But maybe I'm just on a down day. Yeah, I'm absolutely opposite. <laughs> I, I am blown away with it. I could watch it again. It's um, I definitely would want to watch it again to see if it, you it's, know. It's... I'm afraid there'll be moments of it for me, though, that I'm just trying to get through. Like, I don't like the super slapsticky things that go on and on and on. That's again. That's taking time away from moments when you could be having really good quality, and it's just let's show off like and all these little kitschy like little tiny jokes, constant, constant, constant slapstick jokes, and I just got a little worn down by those. You know, minute, two minutes, three minutes of it. Those would be minutes if I'm watching it again. I'm like, okay, I see it, I get it. They fell. He ran his head into the thing. Got hit by a bowl. Okay, you know what I mean? So I wasn't having that much fun all the time until it got to where she's talking and she's doing her thing. Then those are the moments I was really into. So uh, moving on to the cast here, you've got uh, Kelly McDonald play a bunch of Scottish actors, which was a good thing, but yeah. I don't like it when the Pixar lady's saying we told them to dial the Scottish thing back a bit because Americans are... Don't understand. Yeah, and I do understand that, but... It's kind of, you know. So Kelly MacDonald, um, you would know, if you've watched the film Train Spotting, you will know her from that. But she's been in lots of films. But uh, I really like her a lot. Mm-hmm. She's a really good Scottish actress who um, 
The voice fits perfectly. In fact, you know, she's not put... You know, like some actresses put when they play in a youngster in, a, in an animated, they put on that horrible... Yep. She doesn't. She just talks like herself. I like that. Instead of putting on the... Yep. Yeah, that. Squeakiness. So, you know, and I don't think she did quell the Scottish accent as much as... Because she does speak like that. And there were moments in the movie, and I can understand Scott, really thick Scotch accents because I've dealt with them most of my life, right? So there are moments where... And there's a joke character who speaks like a, uh, a real Scotsman. Dialect. But um, there were other moments where I was like, yeah, I bet Americans don't know, can't get that. I bet that sounds like a mush to them because to me it's like yep. too much slang, you know? But Kelly McDonald plays um, Merida? Merida. Perfectly. Billy Connolly plays Fergus. Yeah, and it's... You can tell that's Billy Connolly, right? Sure, immediately. Yeah, it's the character's kind of like Billy Connolly and the voice is not disguised. It's Billy Connolly just doing his thing, right? Um, His kids loved it, apparently. Mm -hmm, Of course. I saw an interview with him. Um, Emma Thompson is Eleanor. She's not Scottish. She is not Scottish. She's very English. But uh, she does a good Scottish impression, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. She's not as Scottish as the rest of them in it anyway, is she? I think she's refined as well. Right, she's yeah, the queen she's... and she takes it very seriously to enunciate and make things clear to everyone in the kingdom. Yeah, she does. Everyone though. must understand you, so I think that makes but sense. But it doesn't... Actually, funnily enough, Emma Thompson's very um, recognisable oh. voice, right? You, you know, you know it's Emma Thompson. I don't think you would know that's Emma Thompson in this. I knew it was as soon as she started. And I, I knew because I'd wrote it down, but... Uh, I was listening to her and going, yeah, she's doing something different there because it's not exactly what she sounds like. Like she like she sounds in Love Actually, right? Yeah. Like it's not that very British upper class kind of mm, voice. See, I hear it coming straight through, so. And then Julie Walters, another famous British actress, plays the witch. Um, mm. See? The witch is only a very brief yeah. period. But, uh, so much potential she played it there. Well. That it just, it was like, oh, underusing something that has been so amazing. Uh, Robbie Coltrane, another famous Scottish actor, plays Lord Dingwall. Um, and Craig Ferguson, who Americans will know as a late night... They don't have any lines, though. It's Chat funny that you would use big, massive... And it's not like they're main characters. No, not really. They just, just sort of... bits and pieces. Yeah. Right? And he play, Craig Ferguson plays Lord Macintosh. Now, this is uh, directed by two people. It's directed by Mark Andrews and Brenda Chapman. Uh, both of them. Uh, pick long time Pixar staff and they've worked on the Pixar short films not they've never directed like their own films but they've worked on them but they've worked on the short ones nothing on the big ones no well yes animated yeah but not directing but they've directed short films so uh yeah and it's written by Brenda Chapman so it's a, a female story did you get did you feel like it was written from a female perspective I kind of did in fact, I didn't realize, I didn't know it was a, I'd forgotten I who think directed it. I felt it. like it was written from a very, well, yet again, a shallow perspective from a woman's point of view, but trying to dummy it down so that there were no complications and that people would all understand it. And I just felt like that I could feel we're going to barely skim the surface of what we what potential we not that that's the conscious choice but i mean everything is just so that word stereotypical is overused but it is exactly what it is like a little girl throwing a fit because her mother tells her what to do 
And then there is a bond there, of course, but the girl always has to, or whatever, the child always has to understand the value of the mother in their life. Something has to make that happen. And it's a very, it's a little bit, you know, want something a little different. To be honest, I didn't actually see, we skipped the trailers at the beginning of the movie to get to the movie. And uh, I don't know if there was a trailer for the next Pixar movie, but I'm not even, don't even know if they've announced a new one. I don't remember hearing it. Usually you get the trailer for the new one on the Blu-ray release of the last one, but I didn't notice. So I'm interested to see what the next one is. Maybe it is Toy Story 4. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I you know, the direction of these movies, it's a funny thing to analyse, isn't it? It's, it could be anybody. I disagree. Apart from... The director is going to have lots of influence on, like, how the world looks. How do we well, want Well, not to... how it looks. Also, the... No, I disagree. Like, how does it look? Do I want it to be a dark world? Do I want it to be a bright and shiny world? Do I want it to look comic, uh, graphic novel Do I want it to look, you know, all these things? And how are we doing the camera? Are we always static? Are we moving in? Are we flying over? Well, I notice on Pixar movies, and this is interesting, they have a director of photography... And, you know, they, they use the conventions of a normal feature film, right? Yeah. There's a director of photography. There's somebody in charge of lighting. There's somebody in charge of... It's the same as a normal film would be. It's interesting that they do it that way because I would have thought everybody's responsible for, you know... No, because, like, like, I might make the model for the furniture in this room. I'm making the model. I'm making the wire frames. I'm making all the points of interest. I'm making all the textures, blah, blah, blah. Now, someone else has to come along and decide on what kind of lighting is going in on my objects and then i have they tell me this is where we're putting the lights and right yeah and then the director of photography is responsible for the shots right and then the director is responsible for just like bringing it all together i think that's i think there's more to it than that but i mean there's a direct relationship between and she's directing it so she has a whole vision in her mind plus you direct the people can you say that with oh, a little yeah. more feeling? Can you say that with a little, uh, you know, like that? And um, I think she had a pretty... You can't... You wouldn't say, oh, that's a Brenda Whoever movie. No, that's what Because I'm it's going to be hidden behind all the bells and whistles, but... So um, this is the five-disc 3D combo pack. And yeah, it's got this awesome um, lenticular uh, cover. Uh, it's really heavy, this DVD. Mm-hmm. It's like children... Um, Children will be like, whoa, what's in here? It's, but it's like got, a book. It's got, with this Blu-ray, it's got five discs in it, yeah. So um, the disc one is the uh, Blu-ray uh, feature film, plus some bonuses. And the bonuses uh, are, you know, you always get these short films on Pixar movies, and there are two contained on the first disc. One's La Luna, and that will be the one that will be no, uh, in the nominated for an Oscar category next time. Um, if it is. And it's the one that's not to do with Brave. It's a separate entity. One of my favorites so far. Yeah, yeah it's really It's sweet. really interesting. Like um, Very. See, that's something I didn't that's... know it's inventive. I didn't know what was happening. And the reveal was like, oh. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Where you're just completely mesmerized by, what? Yeah. What? And it's like takes my breath away and just the imagination of it. Then I was sort of like. And it's a lot simpler. I was more satisfied yeah, very simple, yeah. but complicated because it's making you think, okay, what are, where are we going with this? What is yeah. going on? Reminded me of like a silent film from, mm-hmm. you know, well, it is, it, nobody yeah. speaks. Well, they, gr- they grumble a bit they and speak stuff. speak simish. 
but it reminded me of how a silent film is, how the plot plays out, you know, yep. just just with actions. And it, just I, with I, looks and with gestures, and you just have to sort of like let it all soak in to and, your face. And then you get the uh, Legend of Mardu, which uh, is like the animated feature that they would put... No, that wouldn't be theatrical. Uh, I, I disliked it. Mm-hmm. I thought it, it felt like... They half-assed it, because yep. half of it's not animated. Absolutely. So, like, they animate the beginning part, the witch telling you what's about to happen, and then they do the legend of the model. I don't mind the artwork, it's just that I'd want it all to be the if same. It, but, like, but other one, yeah, it all be the same. Yeah. This just felt like they animated the witch, like, for five seconds, and then went into these storyboard sequences that were finished with a voiceover. Now, I've never known them to do that in the past. If they do do, like, a Toy Story short or a... You know, we've seen them on all of them. They're fully done, like you expect from a film. And this, it's not even a very important thing. It's not It wasn't like, even that interesting. Not no. shining light on something new. It's just somebody so, was fixated on... Or maybe, you know, when they developed the story, they're all the storyboards, somebody just fell in love with them and decided, oh, that'd well, be awesome. Or maybe it was supposed to be in the movie. It was supposed to be the introduction to the movie. Well, there you go. But they... Then they Even just, if it was the introduction to the movie, it's, it, they just didn't it would want to have waste been anime. It, yeah, then. right. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't my favorite um, Pixar shot. Agreed. But La Luna is worth the price of just watching that first disc. Um, Absolutely. Then there's a bunch of featurettes on the first disc, and there are lots of them. They're pretty brief. Um, we watched. Um, we there's some extended scenes also on the first disc. Um, we watched the extended scene with the you know they're extended scenes. It shows you with like some scissors on the screen mm-hmm. which bits were chopped out, um, and all the featurettes on the first disc. They're a few minutes long, but they're fully they're the proper featurettes you expect. Talking to the Pixar people yeah. to show you how stuff's done. Um, which one did we watch? We watched um, Magic. Yep. And, uh, yeah, but they all deal with a different subject. So if you are interested in the magic in the movie, they go into detail of where they drew the inspiration for this magic and how they animated the That's super detailed. Magic. No, it's, they're, very, they, they're brief, yeah. but um, they are there. Then, on this five-disc combo pack, there's a whole second disc full of extras. So if you put this second disc in, it has a bunch of stuff. It has an alternate opening, fallen warriors, dirty, hairy people... It is English, sort of, which is funny because they explain... They, they show you all the Scottish voice actors and explain, you know... Yeah. ...how that came about. and they, <laughs> It's kind of funny how Americans are like, oh... and they, Like they didn't make it up. No. Like it's not like La Luna, where the language is just... Oh, 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 right. It's actually real language, because they had a dude sort who's of. Scottish. Well, no, it is. No, I'm just... That's, right. what, it's, that's what the thing's called. But, um... It's funny how they they even say oh we have, they have to make them dial it back a little bit so American audiences can understand it or and that one guy who in the movie you don't know what he said the entire time I was thinking maybe I can understand him because he was saying real things right but it, it's pretty hard to he's like the guy in Train Spotting who just kind of yeah. mumbles off and he is the guy from Train Spotting <laughs> yeah um, there you go yeah yes so Train Spotting about ten twelve years old. Right, as a movie, Scottish movie, yeah. about heroin addiction. <laughs> and then they all end up in a Pixar movie. Two of them, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Two of the cast of Trainspotting. The, well, the lead princess is a Trainspotting uh, girl. Has Ian McGregor ever been in a Pixar movie? 
Not that I know. Which you know, Obi Wan was that was his he was start. in Robots, but that's not yeah. Pixar. Robots was see yeah. Robots is one of those. It's not Pixar. So good, no, but it's just so it's got more to it inside the guts of everybody. So there's a bunch of Blu-ray uh, features on here, and they're all they're all really good. Um, the tapestry explains how they did the tapestry and shows you how they animated it, which is interesting. And ripping a real tapestry to I see. No, I felt really bad. Like I don't know if that was a good tapestry or what. It doesn't that. matter. Someone made it, and then they just cut it with a knife. I was like, holy um, shit. And then, interesting, it's got promotional pieces. Like, it's got, like, the trailers from all the different countries. Like, this, we watched the Japanese trailer. Um, interestingly, they don't use Japanese voices. They just put Japanese text on the screen. Um, there's an art gallery that's really fun to look through. Lots and lots of pictures. I guess you'd lose the Scottish thing if you had everyone re re-record everything in that language. Yeah, that's what I thought. And you lose the voice actor's talent, don't you? Mm-hmm. I mean, every country has their own talent, but... Um, so, yeah, there's the art gallery, which is a really good art gallery, yeah. with music playing, and there's hundreds of pictures to look through. We looked at 96. Yeah, there's hundreds of them. I mean, and you can look through them as fast as you want. It's not that janky old DVD interface. It's Blu-ray. Um, then the third disc is the DVD... Uh, and that's the DVD version of the movie, plus La Luna and The Legend of Mordo, and the audio commentary, which is included, uh, which is the full feature-length audio commentary. You'll like that one. Disc 4 is a digital copy, and Disc 5 is the 3D version of the film. Which you could put in and watch the commentary at the same time. Correct. So that would be cool for you. Disc 5 is the 3D version of the film, also including La Luna in 3D. So, um, this is like, this is the ultimate collector's edition. The Everything you want about Brave is here. Um, Definitely. Yeah. And it does show you that there's the bonus shots on the back. So, I, I love this. Uh, it's, it's, I don't know. I think, I feel like I can just watch it again now. Like, it, it, <laughs> it's really, really fun for me. Um, it is fun. It's very, it's very, I get completely absorbed in it. I just was a little bit, the edge wasn't there for me. The, like, <gasps> <gasps> and as usual from the inside it, out not just my eyes being pleased but the whole of it you know your heart and soul like that's just not it wasn't there as deep for me well I have to say as usual with Disney releases it's like perfect they never skip a beat especially with Pixar releases How, it, it looks and sounds perfect there's never it's a 10 out of 10 both feels because the I think that these are their showcase movies if anything right for Disney and um, I can't comment on the 3D version, but I will have a look at it and tell you in the actual uh, written review at the end of the week. Um, so, in conclusion, slightly... Um, I loved it. I just... Don't... I mean, we're slightly different in opinions. I yeah. am highly... I highly recommend it I would to highly all recommend ages. It. Um, if you're a Pixar fan, obviously you've already seen it. Just um, don't feel guilty if you think like me. Don't be afraid to say... It looks fantastic, it's fun, it's sweet, and come away feeling a little not as satisfied. But I feel completely as satisfied as I was with the my favorite ones, you know? Obviously it's not A Bug's Life, but nothing will be. <laughs> I think A Bug's Life might have been the first one I saw. I mean, it was the first one they did, wasn't it? No, they did Toy Story before that. I don't think I saw Toy Story when it first came out. Yeah, I think I saw Bugs Life because it was on DVD, and then I saw Toy Story after that. So, um, 
Yeah, thanks to Disney for the Blu-ray. And uh, next week's Blu-ray review will be The Amazing Spider-Man, which is the new Andrew Garfield version of Spider-Man. We'll see how that stacks up to the old, (laughs) not-so-old Spider-Man, right? We just had Spider-Man, didn't we? It's crazy. In our... In the last 10 years, we had Spider-Man. Another thing of remaking instead of just inventing. We don't know. We'll see it. We'll, might, I'm not may, saying it will be good. I'm saying we'll like let's that. use that talent and skill and innovation to make something that we haven't seen at all before. So The Amazing Spider-Man will be next week's review. Uh, movie game. Movie memory one, two, three. What have you got for us this week? It is. You say a um, question. Name three movies that have something about them and then you have to think in your brain not with the internet and answer find the list of those things and my thing will be three movies that feature a mother-daughter relationship and this one doesn't count wow that's hard because none come right to the top of my mind immediately it doesn't mean they have to be sweet and sappy it doesn't mean it can't be horrible it doesn't mean it's just that the featured set of main characters is a mother and a daughter Freaky Friday? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first one. That Didn't com- even think of that one. That's the first one. That Speaking comes of on. remakes. Panic Room? Yeah, true. Absolutely. It's not about the relationship, but it is featuring them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, These are totally different directions <laughs> than I thought about. But See how I think. When I say them, you'll be like, oh, yeah. Uh, and is there any Disney movie? <laughs> Cinderella? No. Kind of. Stepmother, but... Yeah. No, I don't have a third one, but there's probably billions of them. Go on. Uh, Postcards from the Edge. Heartbreakers, which is the Sigourney Weaver. Not great, but it's a mother-daughter thing. I wouldn't thing. have thought of it. Um, the Exorcist. Oh, yeah. Um, what was the other horrible one? <laughs> the Exorcist is the ultimate mother-daughter relationship, maybe. It's not really about their relationship. Uh, Mommy Dearest, Terms of Endearment, totally. Steel Magnolia, Z, Carrie, horrible. Yep. Sybil, another horrible mother-daughter story. <laughs> but those are all mother-daughter stories. So when you realize how hard it is to think of them, why? I don't know. Can you think of father-son movies off the top of your head? They're pretty hard to think of too, aren't they? Um, no blanking so think of father you know if you're, if you're listening to this think of father uh, son <laughs> relationships maybe that'll be the question next week alright so uh, movie recommendations for this week uh, if it's a Pixar movie I will recommend A Bug's Life it's just automatic have to recommend it um, Wreck-It Ralph I have not seen it yet it's not a Pixar movie it's a Disney animated CG movie about video games. It's obviously right on my alley. It's out on the ci- in the cinemas at the moment. We will review it when it comes on Blu-ray. I am re- I'm recommending it if you're into video games because I've seen the trailer and I, it's re- it presses everything that I like. Like Scott know? Pilgrim versus the World. It's got references to ev. As far as I can see, they got Mario, Sonic. Double Dragon, Mortal Kombat, everybody is in that movie, which is, I don't know how they did that, but they did it. So that looks really cool. John C. Riley plays Wreck-It Ralph, which is an old 8-bit character. <laughs> looks really cool. In fact, I, um, if you buy Brave on Blu-ray and you redeem the points and you go to Disney Movie Rewards, just a heads up, 
you can get the Wreck-It Ralph movie poster, the real full-size oh, right. movie poster. And I ordered it yesterday with nice. my points. Because I know I'm going to like that movie. Yes. And it's a video game poster. It's got Sonic on it. So I will uh, get the poster Fun. and uh, stick it downstairs. Um, and my final one is Train Spotting. It's not the movie to recommend to a Disney crowd. It does feature some of the actors from... Well, you can be Brave. a Disney crowd and like it. Just don't watch you it with can. your children. If you like... Yeah, it's... Heroin It's addiction. not for everybody. <laughs> if you liked Requiem for a Dream, mm-hmm. you'll like Trainspotting. Not necessarily, but it's... It's 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 as dark as... It's da- it's a dark But movie. it's different. So I don't know that saying that you'll like it, but... Dark. Give it a chance. It's not brave. It's brave in its own way, yeah. but it's not brave. And mine are, I'm going to go with Bugs Life as well. Because I still... When I think back about it, it's got so much going on, and it's beautiful to look at, and it makes me want to watch it right now, because it just draw it just draws me in, so to speak. And what's my other one? Oh, Postcards from the Edge, because um, I remember watching it, and even though it's got a very sort of pretentious on the surface, you know, it's written by Princess Leia, by the way, about her mother, or daughter relationship with her mother, Debbie... Um, God, what was her last name? Reynolds? Yes. And got Glenn Close in it, and... Is Debbie Reynolds the mo- No, no, Shirley MacLaine is the mother. And it's a, it's got some really nice moments, and it's very, very 90s. You know, when when I think of movies tonight, when Harry met Sally, Postcards from the Edge, it's got a very woman-centric kind of examining life and coping with emotions and all that kind of stuff. I'm not normally touchy-feely about stuff, but I find this one to be quite honest and, you know, there is this is the same story. Daughter rebels against mother. Mother wants daughter to be something very specific. Daughter wants to be her own person. In the end, the daughter understands why the mother wants her to be and present the way she wants her to be. So, right. same story as Brave, just told in a very different way. Plus, the classic scene of her hanging off the side of the building. That's just one of those funny little, in your mind, you just Everybody's seen picture. it. Yeah, exactly. Um, Alright, so, well, not everybody's seen the movie, but that scene, you've yeah. definitely seen that. It's on the poster, I think. I would like to have a poster of that, actually. I think that'd be good. So, games and Ace Scully stuff for this week. Uh, Halo 4 was released this week. I have it, mm-hmm. but I have not played it yet. Uh, which is not unusual because, as you know, I'm not really Halo guy, right? I've never, never have been. And I don't know what it is about Halo because I love first-person shooters, but Halo never really does it for me. <laughs> like in the beginning, did it? But no, it, it never pure. did. It never did. Not even the first one on the Xbox. I remember playing it and being like, <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> is did this... you prefer um, Unreal Tournament at the time? Yeah, and Quake and stuff like that. I don't know Halo. Its universe and its um, story is really complicated if you're not a Halo freak. So when you go from one to another, I'm completely lost. I don't know who this person is. Complicated, like, politics and stuff? Yeah, well, just the different... What it tends to do, and it's got this weird way about it, it answers a question with another question in the plot every single time. So it'll go like... You'll be like, "What is this guy? What's the constructor?" I think, uh, that's, I'm just making that up. Maybe this isn't nobody called the constructor, but they keep going on about somebody called the constructor. And then when they when they get to the point where they're going to tell you who the constructor is, they say, 
well, the constructor was created by the composer. Right. And then you're like, okay, like... The, and the yeah, composer was created by the architect from Matrix. Like that. It's, it's kind of like, there is something, there is an architect in there, you know. So I always found it to be a bit perplexing. Like, like lost. Yeah. Just stringing Like they're just throwing layers after layers after layers. Yes, and it does all make sense if you go and look. Go on Wikipedia and read the story of Halo start to finish. It makes sense, but when it's being told to you and you're mostly spending all the time shooting things. Right. It doesn't come across to me. Now, you could say that about Call of Duty, but Call of Duty is more grounded, obviously. It's like a real, you know, it's about the world and conflict and warfare. You can relate to things. When they say Los Angeles is under attack, well, you can kind of understand that. When they say New Mombasa is under attack, I don't know what New Mombasa is. I don't know how it relates to everything else. You know, it's... Yeah. So I think that's always been the thing about Halo, Halo to me. I just... Like, I, I don't connect with the story somehow. And I should, because I love Star Wars and things like that, and it is a sci-fi story. But it all feels like crap piled on top of crap. What is the other... Is it Medal of Honor that's just coming out as well? Or something like that? Medal of Honor Warfighter came out a couple of weeks ago. What's another one? Because some actual Navy SEALs are now being... Um, yeah, Medal of Honor. ...discharged and criminally charged with disclosing secrets... For the Medal making of, of that game. Because they told things they shouldn't have told. Because what well, the big deal with Medal of Honor They're was... They're being stripped of all of their everything and their, all that. Well, EA, with Medal of Honor, there's something called, in the military, the Tier 1 operators. And they're the... Nobody knows who they are. They go into countries and they do underhand business for America, right? Mm-hmm. And... The big selling point when Medal of Honor came out from EA said, <clears throat> we've got these real tier one operators who are telling us right. the situations and we're going to base our thing on real events. And now they've lost their whole careers right. because of yeah, it. Yeah, and that was what that was about. Because that, that was one of their Facing selling points. charges of treason, I believe. Right. Like, Cause, yeah, obviously, on the surface, they're saying that. I don't know that that's the Right, but if you're at these tier one operators, you're like James Bond. You're invisible. You've been sent in you're there. You're disposable. This, yeah, we like will that. not be there for you. If but you you're the, the elite. Like, you, you're, you're sent in there because they know you can do it. You might be undercover for ten years as a jihad. You know what I mean? You might be yeah. that guy. It's that kind of, you know. And giving away some of the tricks of the trade. Like, <laughs> And it's true. If someone... Enemy person were to buy that game and play it and go whoa 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 yeah is this, this seems what, yeah is that really a thing that they do and maybe that will put someone at risk because they are now going wait a minute that guy who's been doing you know blah 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 we don't know you know I can see how that would uh, but that was their selling point oh we have got some people who are tier one operators telling us about how this goes and we're going to create our story based along these real side events. And, you know, that was the Medal of Honor's uh, controversy on the first one. This is the second one. But on the first one was they actually used the word Taliban. They didn't make... Like, Call of Duty just, like, kind of goes, yeah, they're the Russian bad guys and they're the... Not targeting anybody. They don't target anything. They just say, oh, Russians are coming, or you know, like they do in movies. Medal of Honor was the first one to say, no, the Taliban are the the enemy. Like, it was very controversial, that, because... It, for obvious know. reasons yeah. and plus when that came out a couple of years ago it was 
very sensitive that so I think they were just trying to be sensationalists mm-hmm. so that's nothing to do with Halo 4 but <laughs> Halo 4 I haven't played it yet I will report back on it when I play it I have got it next game for this week is Angry Birds Star Wars <laughs> so here's like a thing that came out of this Lucas and Disney thing um, yes there's been Star Wars video games before but Rovio who make Angry Birds uh, got the license to Star Wars, which is not an easy thing, I'm guessing. That'd be easier now. And Angry Birds is transported into Star Wars universe. So as we think about it, they've been working on this long enough to put it out now. Right. So it was before the deal. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Angry Birds that you know and love. It's Angry Birds. You know, you've play- all played it probably at some point. Just but wrapped up. They wrapped Star Wars, Wars around it, and they made the birds characters from Star Wars, and they tell the story in the cutscenes. Of Star Wars with like a it's cutscenes a bit strong. Well, <laughs> if you've if you played slides. Angry Birds, cutscenes are just slides, yeah. But it, it reminds me of Lego Star Wars. Sure. It's like a it's like a fun way of telling the Star Wars story. It but with, dynamic. No, but it is really fun because like each bird that you that you fly, they're different characters from Star Wars. So you get the Luke Skywalker bird. At a point, does it cheapen things at all? No, it's. It, I think it's really. It actually makes me want to play Angry Birds, and I. I don't like Angry Birds. I don't like the music. See? I don't. So like you, the, they got you, basically. Right, but they didn't get like me. Like they it's lowered free. the standard to say, "Oh, okay, this guy is not going to like Angry Angry Birds." But what if we decorate it with Star Wars? Then we're going to get his ninety nine cents. And it's interesting because <laughs> it isn't ninety nine cents. Uh, if you've got an Android uh, device, it's actually free on the App Store. I'm not sure why it's free. Because it's the full game. You can play it for hours and hours. It's got, like... Oh, it can definitely suck you in. I'm not an Angry Birds fan, but if we sat down, the three of us, last night, and just kind of doing it in the fun of it, it didn't have to be Star Wars for me, but it was fun. There's hundreds of levels. Yeah. And it's... It does cost money, but for some reason on Android, at the moment, it's free. On iOS, it's 99 cents. On Windows 8, it's actually one of the first games to be in the Windows 8 store. Who owns Angry Birds? Rovio. They're well, mobile Rovio. phone people. No, they're just a, they're a separate entity. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I'm sure EA or somebody will own them at some or point. Google. Nobody does, right? I think they're just an individual thing. But because um, it's huge, Angry Birds, right? You see Angry yes, Birds oh cuddly toys in the shops. You see T-shirts. You, the whole thing, right? Yep. Um, now there'll be Angry Birds Star Wars toys and everything, won't they? But um, on the Windows 8 store, which it's one of the first games on there. And what's interesting about it is $4.99 on the Windows 8 store. I just thought of something. They could put a Star Wars zombie in Plants vs. Zombies now. Well, they could have before, but that would be so funny. A Darth, Darth Vader, Vader zombie. With his helmet. <laughs> or Darth Maul zombie would be excellent, because he has, like, chopped in half. Just trailing blood. <laughs> that his feet can go one direction, and his top can go another. See, you know, calling the, him up the Star Wars him. fan fiction, there's one book where Darth Maul is reincarnated. And he's uh, not reincarnated. He didn't die. And they've got like a bionic yeah. spider legs. He's like a spider. He scuttles around and his top part's Ooh. just normal. I heard that on CADcast as well. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, But um, on the Windows 8 store, Angry Birds uh, Star Wars is on there. And it's four ninety nine on there. But what's interesting about that is it, it runs straight from the store. You know, you just bring up your Windows 8 menu and run it. And it's got Xbox achievements, which is interesting. Because none of the others have any kind of... Thing, but right. this actually ties in with Xbox, so you can play it on your PC. So you bought it for your PC. I, that's the version that I bought. I wanted to pay them for it yesterday. I was like, 
Well, I've got the free version on Android, but I didn't pay for it, right? I want to buy uh, Star Wars. So I looked and I bought it on Windows 8 because, you know, I've got Windows 8. I can always pop it up and play it. It's one of those games. Just 10 minutes to spare. Yeah. Just have a play. So, yeah, it's available on everything. Mac, Windows. Yes. Uh, all phones. the phones. All the tablets. Um, the new Microsoft tablet. Um, Vita. Not on the Vita yet, but I'm assuming it will be very shortly. Um, another game I've been playing this week is Hotline Miami. Now, this is an indie game. And if you think of... The what does mo- indie mean exactly? Like, not a big company? No, just, just a guy. It's okay. actually just a guy who made this. And the game is... If you've ever seen the movie Drive, and it was one of my favorite movies of this year, it's Drive, the video game. Now, what I mean by that is, you're a killer... It's from a top-down perspective, so it looks like an old retro game. It's Grand like, Theft Auto. Um, yeah, but you're not in cars or anything. You're just wandering around. And you're sent in to do hits. Like, So you, ha- you have to go into a building full of guys, and there's different rooms. It kind of looks like The Sims from above. Right. But it's 8-bit looking. And you are this killer guy, like in Drive. And he has to go in and get out and kill everybody without you know, being seen or being caught. Now... It's got this, everything's pink and orange, you know, like in Drive, like that um, Miami Vice kind of style. It's kind of grainy. It looks like an old videotape. Um, and it's got this awesome soundtrack that I would just love to have the soundtrack to listen to. It's like house music. Are you saying that everything looks real? No, it's it looks graphic. like 8-bit, all of it. Okay. How's it grainy? Like, they put a grain filter over the top, so it looks like an old VHS tape. Okay, like, you're watching it in the 80s or something. Um, and, and they're it, intentionally making Drive the video game? No, it's nothing to do with Drive, but it's got the vibe of Drive. Okay. It's got that music that sounds like Drive. You know, the pink, that that whole vibe. Like Vice City. Mm-hmm. That Miami pink, Vice as well. Yeah, that pink, um, Isn't neon it pink. Yeah. Well, there you go. And you're this contract killer, and, and it's a really interesting gameplay. It's like, you can die, like, in a second. Like, it's it's like an old arcade game where you've got to, like, wow, bam, 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 you know, killing, like, you've got, like, a baseball bat, or you've got, like, a machine gun, and you're, you're this, and it's really super violent. But because it's an 8-bit-looking kind of game, it it's kind of cartoonish. Right. It's hard to explain, and it's a, I've never played a game like it. It's a weird game. It's got this story that kind of doesn't make sense about these guys with owl masks on. Um, you can see them from you, up above? You, there's cutscenes where you see okay. everybody. But uh, yeah, it's a really interesting game. One guy made it. What's really interesting about it, it got put up on torrents. People were pirating it. And the guy posted on the Pirate Bay and said, like, you know, I can see you guys are pirating my game and I don't really care. But this version of the game that you're downloading isn't the latest version and there's some bugs in it, so I'd like to give you a patched version. Right. So he, it, that was an interesting thing, whether that was a PR move from him to tell them, because you can buy it on Steam, which is where I got it. It's not very much. It's, it's like five bucks. Right. Worth it? Really fun. Very long. The soundtrack alone is worth it. The soundtrack is like... Can 80s, you get that separate? No. It's like 80s house music. Oh, but when you get the game, alley. when you get the game, because it's kind of like a homebrew kind of indie kind of developed game, there's a folder with the music in it. Oh, right. They're so, just all MP3s. Right. So, yeah, you get them anyway, right? So, um, yeah, that's Hotline Miami. It's a really weird game. Wait, I guess it is in Miami then. 
Yep, exactly. <laughs> it's on Steam. It's really easy to get. Uh, you can buy it from his site. You can buy it on Steam. Um, GTA 5 news this week. A little bit of GTA 5 news. Very small little bit of GTA 5 news. Game Informer put out the latest issue. This I've not got it yet, but I see the online version. GTA 5 is going to have three protagonists. Uh, and you'll be able to switch to any of them at any time in the game. Ooh, and this, they're finish. calling it a groundbreaking way of telling a story. I don't think I've ever seen that done before. Like, you can be one guy, say they're all in a mission together to rob a bank. You can be any of them at any time. Right. So one could be doing, like, hacking the thing, you know, or they could be in totally different parts of the world. And the three characters, it's not been confirmed this, but the three characters look remarkably like the three characters from GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas. The three main characters from those. You're saying it is them or relations of theirs? Either relations or are them. Um, it's very... Wouldn't they look exactly like them then? No, because it's years and years later. And oh, if, yeah. And this, this takes place in Los Santos, which is like the huge... You know, you know, um, San Andreas was like a whole state rather than just a city. Yeah. Well, this is three times bigger than that game. So but it's, it's one city. No, it's three times bigger than the one that was a whole state. Right. It's humongous. Like, it, it's the biggest game Rockstar have ever done this, Aiden. It's uh, the, the square footage of it is like three states. So they've got every, like, all kinds of, um, you know, from farmland to snowing, okay. skiing resort to everything. So that's California. Yeah, so it's going to be... It sounds like it's the most ambitious thing they've ever done. And three having three main characters and making that story work as well, that's kind of... Mm. You know, to be able to switch to them at any time, like you're this guy driving along... Oh, talking, they've made up all the scenarios. Or you're this guy driving along, talking to this other guy on your cell phone, and then you switch to that other guy and you hit the... You know, from... You know you can do that? Yeah, you can do it at any time, they say. You can switch. It's not like three stories, it's three main guys right you've always been one guy right and you've like nico bellic and the last so one so it's like the sims then you're gonna be controlling three people at the same time right but you don't like so like if you're controlling one guy you're driving down the road and you're on the way to a heist and then you decide i'm gonna switch to this other guy and it's in real time and now you go off with this other guy and you're gonna go just wander around the city does the guy who's on his way to the bank heist is that happening now yeah that's and still you happening. have no control right. over it then. no control over it that's how it's going to work. You so, set him up. So, for instance, one guy's on the way to the heist talking to the other guy on the phone, and the other guy is going to double-cross this guy. Then you've got the choice, like, do I, wanna, I can be this guy for a little bit and realize he's going to double-cross this guy, and then be this guy and try and stop him double-crossing me. So, think about that. The, the but just not double-cross him. Yeah, but think like about Like, if the, you would leave that guy going on his own without intervening. Right. Intervening? Then he would be double crossing. Right. If you swap to him, yeah, make him have different make choices. Make him don't double cross. Yeah. Right. So imagine the. I don't know how they're going to manage that because imagine all the outcomes. Mm, they'll limit it. I mean, it's going to be really cool. Uh, they say it's like they've thought about it before. They just didn't have the technology to do it. Now they're going to do it. So it's actually coming out in uh, spring 2013. So it's going to be like May. That's not long then. But that was the first news, really, from Rockstar themselves. If people don't know it, that's your favorite series of games? Yeah, absolutely. And talking about favorite series of games, on Tuesday, um, the biggest game of this year for me 
Black Ops 2. Call of Duty Black Ops 2 comes out. My friend just took the whole day off work, so we're going to just play multiplayer all day. As soon what as day we of the it. week is it? Tuesday. Okay, I'll be at work. That's so fine. we're going to, um, you know, it's going to arrive in the afternoon. We're going to play all day. So that's going to be really fun. So um, it's only one day a year when Black Ops comes out. And it's funny, isn't it? It's a week late this year because it usually comes out right on your birthday. But yeah, they've they've left, right. they've left it another week this year. I'm not sure why, because it always traditionally came out. But Halo came out on your birthday, that's why. Oh, right. They didn't want to piss on Halo's parade, did they? <laughs> so, um, yeah, Black Ops 2 on Tuesday, I'll talk Plus, about that then. Plus, with my birthday. Like- and then Sid Talk's birthday I, was my next thing on my agenda here. We, you had, we went out <laughs> for dinner. We did, and then a nice dinner, and I got some really nice headphones from you, because I always say... I ruin them somehow. I use them until they fall apart, and I usually get beds, but I went on the want them big ones, and you have, at one point, you had already purchased these, right? And I we were in the store, and I am on the verge of buying them, and you... Not buying these, but... No, no, different kind, but I didn't notice at the time, but you you remember trying to discourage me, because you was like, I kept saying to you, you, should, you should look on Amazon at, the, at those, <laughs> they'll probably be cheaper, I kept saying. And I had one in my hand. Yeah, you did. Gonna get it. You I went to the, the woman and asked how much it was. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And you were like, what were we thinking? I just kept saying to you, those will be cheaper on Amazon. Just let's go and check that. (laughs) Now, from now on, if you start doing that, I'm going to know your trick. But yes, I love them. I had a very good birthday. I'm 45 years old. Correct. See the wrinkles? The wrinkles. So that's all for my stuff for this week. I will talk about Black Ops next week. Uh, And what have you got for dinner, Sid Talk, even though it's like lunchtime? Yeah, we're going to be having, like, pasta with red sauce and some toasted, roasted butternut squash and maybe some salad if I get motivated. And then I don't know what for dessert yet. Something really delicious. I'm, I know we have those pinwheelie things, but I'm kind of on a pie kick lately. I might want some fruit pie. I don't know. If anyone's interested. And my advice is... Sometimes when you are spewing, venting, just, I don't know, I don't want to say, what do you call it? like yammering on about something, or even when you have an opinion that you are fully aware is, is like grating to people, and for some reason you just com- have committed to it, even if you haven't thought it through, think about if someone else was saying it to you. Like, the words you're saying or your think to say, imagine that your coworker or your sister or your brother or your neighbor or the clerk at the grocery store is actually saying it to you. Or you're observing them say it to someone else. And just think about, like, would you be like, oh my god, I'm, no, like, would you wince? Would you be like, I'm so full of shit? Um, Or would you just be like, nope, I'm committed to it and that's it. But just, you know... Try to project that onto someone else for a minute and then maybe think about would my would I be able to argue my point? Would this person sound like they have there's no substance to what they're saying? Um, for anyone to say, for example, because our president I'm very happy. Oh yeah, we that have was, our president. That's one thing this week. Yeah. Um, now when I hear all the and I don't I don't have a big laundry list of why he's a good president or why he's gonna he Whatever. I don't have that. I have my opinion of him from what is presented to me and from things I've read and looked up, different, you know, things he's made decisions on and whatnot that are public record. It's not me 
I'm not changing the record. I'm not exaggerating anything. And when I hear people say things like, I don't know, like, that's it for America. We're done now that Obama's president again, or still. And I think, really? Like, if I don't, are you serious? I don't get it. Like, if someone else said something similar to that, like, let's say you just became the boss at your place of work and someone else was going around saying, well, that's it. That jerk off's the boss now. We're done. Like, doesn't make sense, does it? Like, a whole country is just going to fall apart after a few hundred years of this exact same history. It didn't fall apart in the last four years. No, it didn't. It never. It's not going to fall apart because there is a type of politics in office. It is a wave of activity that comes and goes and comes and goes. It is human. It's a way of the world. And I don't get it. Like, if your interests, you feel your interests are threatened by real things like taxes and and restrictions that may come into law and all that stuff. Well, you know what? Mr. Obama isn't sitting there just doing it. I mean, there's a whole machine in the works there. So, I don't get it. I think most people, if you were to hear your rhetoric come out of someone else, say it's someone that you respect and now they're and you know they're saying this back to you would you really would you buy it could you you know if you tried to argue your case if they did i don't know i just this week was one of those i didn't hear much at work because i keep to myself pretty much but you know you see things on the internet and passing people in the store and hearing comments and i just think oh my god you're blaming our president for the fact that you're a fucking loser it doesn't make sense. Who did you blame before? How did you become a loser in your life? In the last four years, you became a loser directly because Mr. Obama came and took your money and screwed your wife and, like, burned down your business place. I don't know. Like, how do you how do you relate? I don't know. I think people just like to blame somebody for... And he's, a, he's an easy target. He's the president of your country, so... All right. Hold on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Were you just waiting for me to be done on that one? No. Nope. Seemed uh, like it. I didn't have anything to say about it. <laughs> it was your advice. You have no my... opinion on the subject. All right. So thanks for listening to the podcast. I want to remind you about our websites, aschoolie.com, sitar.com. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, PlayStation Network. You can also catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace. Still called the Zoom Marketplace, mm-hmm. according to the app. So the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store, just use the RSS feed, go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast. You can email me at aschoolie.com, don't email Sid Talk, and stay brave. <laughs> mm, that's not right. You're deviating. I'm going to say thank for yourself. Someone will do it for you.